What are kids really thinking and feeling? Sometimes it's hard to know. The thousands of letters and emails kids send to Highlights Magazine every year help us keep our finger on the pulse of kids. We think they can also help you. So each week on this podcast, we talk with friends and experts about the things kids share with us and about making a world that honors children's voices. Lean in and listen to learn what kids want their grown-ups to know about being a kid today. I'm Christine French-Cully, and you are listening to Dear Highlights. Dear Highlights, I have a problem Dear with controlling my temper. I have your at night, and I miss him all the I get keys. I wear highlights. Dear Highlights. Preparing healthy meals and keeping a family well-fed can be challenging for all sorts of reasons, but it may seem especially true when a child, often after careful consideration, announces their intentions to become a vegetarian. If the other family members are all meat eaters, the announcement can come as a surprise. Parents may even be slightly alarmed, skeptical, or discouraging. Frustrated by a lack of parental support, some young vegetarians have written to us for advice. Here's a sampling of their letters. Dear Highlights, I recently became a vegetarian, and my dad doesn't like that I eat different food than everyone else. He gets really angry about it just because I won't eat the meat part of our dinner. My mom makes edamame beans, but that doesn't take very long. I don't know why he's so mad, and he won't listen to my opinion. He doesn't consider anyone's thoughts but his own. What should I do? Dear Highlights, I'm going vegetarian, have been for almost a month, and my parents don't approve. They're almost trying to force me to eat meat. What do I do? And one more. Dear Highlights, I have recently made the decision of becoming a vegetarian. Sadly, no one in my family supports me. My mother has already said that she thinks it's very stupid, while my dad says it's unhealthy and constantly says stuff like, I love sausage and crispy bacon and juicy steak. What should I do? I don't like constantly fighting with my parents at mealtime. My guest today is Jennifer Anderson, a registered dietitian and founder of Kids Eat in Color, a public health company that offers courses and tools to help kids and parents learn to eat better. A mother herself, she knows how tricky and stressful it can be to ensure that kids eat well, and her personal experience led her to focus her work on helping families end food battles. I'm delighted that she's agreed to join us to discuss some of the concerns parents have about supporting their kids who wish to become or who are vegetarians. Jennifer, thank you and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's begin by addressing the thing that is really at the heart of most parental concerns when they hear their kids say, I'm a vegetarian. Can kids get all the nutrients they need from a vegetarian diet? They absolutely can. It is true, and there's so many research studies showing that kids can be lifelong vegetarians and absolutely thrive. So what should parents watch for to make sure their kids are getting proper nutrients? What advice would you give parents who are worried about this? Yeah, first of all, I would say that it is so common for a parent who eats all foods, including meat, to be really concerned about your child. In fact, most parents I know are concerned about their child's eating, whether or not they're vegetarian. And when they pull something out like meat, as parents, we feel stressed and we think, oh my gosh, are they going to be able to get everything that they need? And the answer is yes, but we do want to look for a few things. 
We want to make sure our kids are getting enough protein. And when we're thinking about protein foods, meat is not the only protein food. Whole grains have a lot of protein. Beans, lentils, any sort of legumes have protein. Nuts, seeds, they have protein. Dairy has protein. And kids often need a lot less protein than you think they do. So as long as your child is eating a wide variety of those other protein foods other than meat, I'm almost never concerned about protein intake. Now, if your child also has removed dairy and they've also have allergies to nuts and beans and they already have a small diet, then is when I would pull in your pediatrician. I would ask for a referral to a dietitian to make sure they're going to be okay. And then we also want to make sure they're getting enough vitamin B12 and sometimes iodine can be an issue depending on whether or not they're eating dairy. So if you are concerned and you really think, you know, I don't think my child is getting everything they need from this vegetarian diet, check in with your pediatrician and ask for a referral to a registered dietitian so that you can just make sure. Often you could probably just meet with a dietitian once Get the lowdown, make sure everything's okay. But for sure, if you do have a concern, go see a professional just to make sure. Would you recommend a parent also give a child a multivitamin? It might be it might be helpful in some cases. Before you start that, I often recommend checking in with your pediatrician just to make sure there's not some other thing going on with your child to make sure that the multivitamin would be appropriate. Okay, that's good advice. That'll reassure many parents. But some parents, as we heard in one of the letters or a couple of the letters I read, they're going to be a little more concerned that they're going to have to become a short order cook. Mm -hmm. This is a problem for many families, regardless of meat preferences. How Mm -hmm. can caregivers uh, avoid making multiple meals, something special for everybody? Yeah, it is so tricky feeding a family, right? (laughs) I think when we're thinking about family meals, I come at it from the perspective that everyone should feel welcome at the table. And also whoever's preparing the meals should not have to make a special meal for every single person. So we have to find the balance there. If we have an extreme picky eater, which is what Kids Eating Color specializes in, we recommend not making them an entirely special meal. And the same thing would go for vegetarian child. We are not going to make an entire meal just for that child. At the same time, we want picky eaters, we want vegetarians, we want whoever our kids are, we want them to feel welcome at the table and relaxed so that they they can actually eat a wide variety of food. Our vegetarian child, our picky child, whatever they are, they are going to feel stressed if they don't feel like they can fill up on something at the table. And as stress goes up, their ability to chew, swallow, taste food, all that goes down. And we end up doing the very thing we don't want to do, which is making it harder for our children to get the nutrition that they need. So as long as us as parents, we can calm ourselves and think, I want my child to get as much as they can nutrition wise. And the best way for me to do that is to make sure they have an option at the table. What I recommend feeding a family, if part of the family eats meat and part of the family does not, is trying to find common ground. So maybe the, the part of the family who likes meat, maybe they also learn to eat more beans. And so you're including more beans and maybe you're cooking a little bit separately. 
Um, instead of mixing something all together, you can serve it in different parts. So you made one meal. Let's say I wanted to make tacos for dinner. Instead of mixing my meat and my beans, which is what I generally do, I would cook my meat and cook my beans in two separate pots. Now, I I acknowledge, <laughs> now you have more dishes. So that's tricky. Um, but also, you have the same options. Everybody can decide what to choose from. You're not necessarily catering to anyone specific, but you're making sure everyone has an option. If they want to mix it together, that's fine. And if they want just the beans, that's fine. If they want just the meat, that's also fine. Yeah. I love that idea of making sure everybody feels welcome at the table. That's a little different way of looking at uh, feeding your family. Yeah. You know, when you think about the connection instead of exactly what they're eating, often it helps eating. Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, did my child get enough protein at this meal? I mean, we can make ourselves crazy as parents worrying about what our kids eat. I know I've been there. But if we focus on, did we all sit down for a few minutes together? Did I ask my child about their day? Did I ask them if they had fun at camp? You know, whatever they're doing, often we provide that relaxing environment that is needed to be able to eat. Dinner time is such a good time to connect with the family or any meal time, actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You like to say that it's a way we relate to the world and to each other. So I, yes. I think um, a child who announces that they're becoming a vegetarian is probably also sharing something else with their parents, with their family that's very meaningful to them. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a love of animals uh, or maybe it's a concern for the environment. Um, when caregivers take the time to listen to their kids talk about their decision to adopt a vegetarian diet, they can learn the why behind the decision. And um, that seems really important. I mean, the letters we've read hint at the hurt kids often feel when their parents won't listen to their reasons or when they seem to disrespect their thinking. What do you think about um, ways parents can use the information they can glean from listening to their kids to better connect with them. Do you have suggestions for ways? Yeah, I think it's a great idea to really listen to your child carefully when they say something like, I want to become a vegetarian. Because on the one hand, they may have a very kind of a moral or an ethical reason behind that. Or there could be a health concern that you need to know about, right? Because sometimes if kids have an eating disorder, or if they have some sort of eating difficulty, they may choose to um, cut meat out of their diet. So I would say for most kids, maybe they have a friend who they really respect who became a vegetarian, they wanna be like them. Or maybe they have recently learned about how, how animals are treated. When you listen to the why behind this, this new proclamation that they're gonna become vegetarian, which probably is coming as a shock to you, Um, or maybe not, but I think to a lot of parents it would. Instead of listening to that, try to listen to what's behind it because you may be able to help them with that thing beyond the vegetarian and they may decide to continue being a vegetarian or not. For example, when my kids say, oh, so-and-so has gummies in their lunch, they'll, they'll start talking about it. This happened recently. 
And we don't usually do gummies in lunch just for teeth reasons. And for our family, that's that's not the best option. But, you know, other kids all around have gummies in their lunch. And my kids start saying, oh, so-and-so, they have, they have gummies in their lunch. They're talking about this every day. So I said, oh, would you like to have some gummies in your lunch? I noticed that curiosity. I noticed the interest. I told them that I was listening. And so I bought a box of gummies and I put it in their lunch like three days in a row. Um, and then, they, you know, it showed up a couple days the next week. They've not talked about gummies since then. So, you know, it wasn't really about the gummies. It's And sure, they love gummies, but really it wasn't about the gummies. It was about the listening. It was about this fascination. It was about this curiosity. What is going on with these gummies? They must be delicious. And then when we had them, they realized, hey, they're just, they're just a fun thing to eat sometimes. I think the same thing can happen with kids who are saying, I want to be a vegetarian. Maybe they have a curiosity. Maybe they have an ethical question that they want to explore. Maybe they want to know what it's like. Maybe their friend is vegetarian. They want to know what it's like. Rather than focusing on the vegetarianism and getting wrapped up in, oh my gosh, they don't want to eat meat. I think we can kind of head that off and say, oh, why don't we learn about being a vegetarian. What's that like? What would you be eating? Let's try some vegetarian meals as a family. Rather than, you know, as adults, we have these political, these ethical things. We have all this stuff in our mind about what vegetarian means. Chances are your child does not necessarily have all those things in their mind. There's probably one thing they heard or one thing they read or a friend who said something, right? And so rather than taking all of our all of our adult things and putting that on the child, I think we can just meet them where you're at. What did you hear? What do you want to explore? What do you want to try? Let's kind of bring this into our family. And they may decide that they don't like being vegetarian, that it doesn't taste good, that they don't like beans, that they miss meat. Who knows? But I think encouraging your child to explore within the bounds of what works for your family is where you can make progress and also make sure that they're getting what they need and kind of moving forward. You know, there's so many reasons to want to explore vegetarianism. And um, many kids are motivated to become vegetarians for some of the same reasons that adults make the choices. They love animals or they believe that eating more plants and less meat make for a healthier planet. Or as you say, they're just curious and, you know, might want to try something they see others doing um, to see if it's right for them. But occasionally, probably in rare cases, but we know it happens, the choice can be part of a a problem. Are there things that a child's grown-up should watch out for when they make this declaration? Absolutely. I do think it's helpful to listen very carefully, and not to suggest, but really to listen carefully to whether your child is taking food out in order to control the shape of their body sometimes um, kids with eating disorders can say, oh, I'm vegetarian because that's an easy way to remove calories from their diet. So we want to keep an eye out for things like that. And if you do suspect that at all, subtly bring it up with your child's pediatrician, maybe call them when your child is not in the room and see if you can get referred to someone who can just ask some more questions. If you're noticing your child is losing weight, 
That's another thing. If you're noticing your child is becoming more lethargic, that they are visibly looking thinner, things like this. If you suspect that something might not be right, don't make a huge deal about it with your child. Don't confront them. I think the first thing is to find a referral to someone who's really an expert in eating with kids to make sure that you can kind of do it, um, that you can address it quickly and importantly, but also that you're not making the situation worse. Thank you, Jennifer. That's really good advice. Jennifer, we like to close every episode of our podcast by asking guests uh, a variation of this question. At Highlights, our core belief is that children are the world's most important people. If we really believe that as a society, if we kept that front and center in our minds when we teach children about food, what would we do differently? I think the most important thing we would do differently is to speak differently about food. Currently in our diet culture sprinkled world that we live in, we are very obsessed with calling foods good and bad. This food is good. This food is bad. When we do that, that trickles down. This culture is good. This culture is bad. This family is good. This family is bad. I'm good. I'm bad. We add all sorts of things to our life that are complicated, that make it very difficult for us to move forward. And even picky eating, you know, this food is good. This food is bad. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't eat that. It's a piece of pizza. My preschool told me it's bad. Now you have a picky eater who's even eating even less foods than they started with. There's so many things um, that come from this notion of good food and bad food. And instead of that, at Kids Eat in Color, we really believe that there's no such thing as good food and bad food. There may be good food for you and bad food for you. You know, if you have an allergy, there is definitely bad foods for you. But we need to learn to speak to our kids in a way that helps them connect foods with what they do in our body. And this is what we do all the time on our social media, website. What do foods actually do in our body? Instead of just saying, oh, this is good and bad. We can tell kids, red foods help your heart. Green foods help you fight off sickness. Orange foods help you see in the dark. These are simplified messages, but as the children grow, they can be more, more clear. Orange foods have vitamin A. Vitamin A supports your night vision, right? So when kids know that, suddenly they begin to think, oh, carrots have a purpose. Red foods have a purpose. Meat has a purpose. Beans have a purpose. You know, whatever your child is eating, that those foods have a purpose in their body. And instead of becoming judgmental, like many of us adults can be so easily, instead they're thinking, oh, this food does this in your body. This food does this in your body. Oh, and by the way, soda, it doesn't do very many things in your body. And that's why it doesn't show up that often at home. Or these things... We can really protect our kids from judging other people, judging themselves, having a very complicated relationship with food by simplifying the message to this is the name of the food and this is what it does. And we don't have to get into the black and white good versus bad. Yeah, that's a lovely answer. Thank you so much. And thank you for being with us today. You've offered parents and grandparents and everybody who cares about kids 
a lot to think about in terms of helping our kids um, make good decisions about what they put into their bodies and helping parents support their kids' choices. Well, thank you so much for having me, Christine. It's been a pleasure. We are honored to be able to elevate kids' voices and imagine a world where grown-ups take seriously kids' concerns and act on them. Whether a child's concern is big or small, unique or universal, serious or sure to work itself out, it's real to the child and matters deeply. We've come to see that in every letter kids have sent to us over the years, there are implicit, overarching questions embedded within. Do you care? Am I loved? Do I have a place in the world, a place in the lives of the people I love? We hope kids believe us when we say in many more words, yes, yes, yes. Let's all lean in to give kids what they really need and want, more listening, more understanding, and more connecting. This podcast is an extension of the book, Dear Highlights, What Adults Can Learn from 75 Years of Letters and Conversations with Kids, available now wherever books are sold. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review to help us reach more grown-ups who care about kids. Special thanks to the producer of this podcast, Hilary Bates, and also to our audio engineer, Ted Weckbacher.